Welcome to Maximal Being, a podcast devoted to ditching fad diets and using real science to get you healthy and feeling great. I'm Doc Mock, a GI and functional medicine doctor who harnesses the power of gut health to get you achieving your goals. And I'm Jackie P, a well-informed layman who challenges the experts and asks the questions that you want. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button or leave a comment. And now, on to the show. Let's let's talk a little bit more about the the functional and genetic nutrition, right? You know, I I'd like to know, you know, what are some of the challenges you faced? You know, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, with the pandemic, everything, right? There has been an increased interest and attention to taking care of yourself, right? You know, just to put it basic and plain. Um, but, you know, what are some challenges do you see, right? Like if someone finds that, you know, they don't do well with this particular food or something and they can't get off of it, right? Like, you know, what, what you know, do you fight? What's your battle? Um, I think one of the biggest uphill battles is reducing the environmental toxins that we're exposed to in our daily lives. A lot of people are really attached to the specific toxins that they're smearing all over their bodies in terms of things like cosmetics and other personal care products. Some of them are extremely toxic uh, and some people are, are very wedded to those. So that's one. Um, building awareness of the toxic burden on our bodies without it overwhelming people is one of the other challenges too, because it's pretty overwhelming. So one of the most horrifying statistics that I've heard this year is that the average American ingests roughly a credit card's worth of microplastics every week, every week. Like you hear the beginning of that and you think it's going to be every year, every month, every week, an entire credit card's worth of microplastics. We're getting it in our water. We're getting it in our salt. um, We're getting it in our foods. It's just this massive burden that we're actively putting into our bodies. So there's so much garbage going in. How do you prioritize what's the most important to get out? Um, Baby steps are better than no steps. Everything that we do to minimize this burden helps. And so that's one of the things that I want to emphasize to everybody. Choosing, like if you are using sea salt, make that one change that you make. So almost all sea salts are highly contaminated with microplastics. Um, There has been some testing done. Celtic sea salt has tested plastic free. So that would be a good choice. Himalayan salt would be a, a more plastic free choice. But that's something that we can all do to reduce that plastic burden. Um, get a good water filter. Make that investment in yourself. You know, that's one of the other biggest investments. People sort of want to do better, but they're not. A lot of people are resistant to truly making some of these investments in themselves. They don't necessarily see how investing in a whole home water filtration system is going to make that much of a difference. If you're not sure, go to the Environmental Working Group's tap water database and check out your water and see how many carcinogens are in it. My local water has at least nine above health limits that are all carcinogenic. Doc Muck, I don't want to come see you because my water isn't filtered. 
weird. So yeah, Cleveland, you know, Cleveland water, terrible. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so getting people Here's, to realize that these basic foundational pieces are just as critical as saying, oh, you need this supplement and that supplement. If we don't get these baseline pieces addressed, we've got a major uphill battle. I mean, I'd like to first address when you said there's a credit card's worth. And before we finished that sentence, I was already immediately scared. <laughs> so that is a problem. I already wrote down the salt thing because I didn't think about plastic and salt. No one, you know, these things, you know, and I don't know. I'm, I'm actually kind of rattled. I'm be honest with you because <laughs> not to go check everything I put in my body <laughs> again. Um, but, you know, I can see how folks may be hesitant to write because they're not, they may not be feeling the immediate effects or know they're feeling the effects, right? They don't know that their water or the salt that they put in their food every day is slowing them down, making them feel ill. So um, that's just, thank you for sharing that statistic because now I have something to share at dinner parties. Uh, Doc Mock, uh, I know you've got something over there bubbling that big old brain of yours. Yeah. It's hard not to feel like you want to just coat yourself in, in a bubble and walk around in that bubble. I mean, I had some toxin testing done with my functional medicine provider, and you'd be surprised at the things that pop up. I mean, glyphosates are in the air here in Ohio. You cannot avoid them here just due to the way that we treat our crops. But to your point about the credit card sized amount of plastic, there was a study out of gastro that came out last year from Eastern Europe. And even amongst the remote farming towns that don't really use plastic products, they still found a significant percentage of plastic within their stool. Um, and these are people that don't have plastic exposures, which to me is just frightening. Back to you, Jack. Yeah, back to you. Oh, Emily, I saw you had a point Sorry. there. Yeah, back to you. Yeah. Yeah. In earlier this year, I live in Pennsylvania, and there was a study that came out this year sampling water across the state and a hundred percent of the water samples tested, tested high for microplastics. And when we look globally, um, it's about 84% of all water globally is contaminated with microplastics. 93% of all water in the United States uh, is contaminated uh, when we do this testing. It is really a global problem. And it's a growing problem that we need to all kind of actively take steps to curb because 50% of all plastic on the planet has been produced since 2005. So this is like a rapidly new and massively growing problem. Wow. Oh, I haven't, I don't even know how to respond to that. I'm just like terrified of everything now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we don't need to be scared. What nope. we do want to do is build resilience in our systems. And we want to make sure that we're supporting our detox pathways so that we can handle being inundated by this toxic soup that we are swimming in. And then we also want to try to take steps to make this soup less toxic, <laughs> but we, we don't want to move forward with fear. We want to move forward with determination and with our eyes open about what's going on with us. And Using functional nutrition and functional genetics is a great way to maximize that and to build that resilience. So it doesn't have to be just for the super sick people. It can also be a way to really maximize your well-being and be proactive while you are well to stay there. 
you actually said our our trade slogan. So thank nice. you for that. <laughs> that was unprompted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to be a bummer on your your salt too, but I read a study out of Australia where Himalayan salt even was had high levels of toxic metals. So I guess Celtic salt is the way to go. It, it is. And not all Himalayan salt is the same. So it depends on the vein where it's mined. So if your Himalayan salt is cheap, it's probably cheap for a reason. Mm-hmm. Well put. Oh, Jackie, boy. Jackie. I, I got to go throw out everything in my cupboard. <laughs> I, <laughs> one step at a time. You know, <laughs> run out of your toxic version, get a cleaner version. Oh, that's true. That's true, right? Well, I say baby steps. That's all exactly. it is. Baby Better steps. Better than no steps. Or sit in the Better sauna than, tonight yeah. or something, you know? That's true. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I got out. a good sweat going. I've been, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, uh, I mean, we've been talking with Emily Gibbler, and she's been giving us some, I mean, mind-breaking, like, statistics and things to think about as, I mean, as a person, as a you know, world as a, you know, we really need to do better with our plastic for one. Um, But we have to go for a short break and we will talk to you all very soon. What's going on, Maximal Beings? It's Doc Mock here. Many of you are returning to the gym now, but some are not going back. Regardless of what you plan, Rogue has got the right gear to fit your needs. I personally own a barbell set and love it. The black ops shorts are sweat resistant and flexible for getting deep in your squats. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash Rogue for our referral link. Order three items and they ship for free. And as usual, it's Doc Mock and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness. If you're stuck at home and cannot make it to the grocery store, delivery may be the best way to stay clean and healthy. Instacart is the national leader in the direct to home delivery service. With numerous major chains and food from smaller stores, you can get those local veggies sent directly to your doorstep. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash Instacart and maximize your nutrition today. And we're back. Thank you all for patiently waiting past our break. Uh, We're here with Doc Mock, of course, who I just found out is more Neanderthal than most of us, which is maybe might be why the calf muscles are so big. Um, <laughs> it makes sense and, when I try to lead us to the restaurants that we go to, right? Yeah, exactly. Horribly lost. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't know. I've been living here for four years, but I have no idea where I am. <laughs> um, and we have Emily Givler, who's been, I mean, just killing it on one, plugging in our our catchphrases right <laughs> and giving us some you know some things to think about with our well-being and you know just everything you know nutritionally and taking care of ourselves so emily there are some questions we have um that you know about some that you may not know about um so i'll go with with the first right um what is your favorite exercise I am a yoga girl Um, that, especially with my history with fibromyalgia, has always resonated with me. And as a woman who tends to kind of push herself, it's good for me to balance that with kind of stepping back and relaxation. But when I'm not doing yoga and kind of in addition to it, I do really love uh, Zach Bush's four-minute nitric oxide high-intensity workout. It's 
four movements, four minutes, you do it three times a day. And it's really excellent for cardiovascular health. And I'm a busy woman, but I can fit four minutes into my day. All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm gonna look that up. I mean, four minutes, I can find four minutes on my calendar. Mm-hmm. All right. And, uh, you know, um, you're, you, uh, you did say that, uh, you, you like yoga and helps with your fibromyalgia. What, what would you say for folks, um, that are maybe, uh, you know, that are dealing with, you know, with fibromyalgia, like what, what would you say something that you've done that was like maybe an aha moment that, you know, maybe that someone else that might be, you know, where you were 10 or 15 years ago, um, you know, just like even if it's something s- small or, or large, like, you know, that you would like, you know, want to share if they're listening in. So there are two things. And the first is move more, even when it feels like that's the last thing that you can do. Um, you know, with both the pain and the fatigue that go along with fibromyalgia, movement can just feel like absolutely the worst idea. It's hard to get started with, but it's something that will make a tremendous difference in the long run. So start where you are, move yourself progressively. That's part of why I like the the four-minute nitric oxide workout. You're only going to your own maximum, and maybe that's not high compared to somebody else's right now, but that's okay. You have to start somewhere. Um, So moving even when you feel like you can't, that's the number one. The number two is part of my own story and part of my, my nutritionist self. It's to watch how many oxalates you're eating. So oxalates are found in otherwise healthy foods like spinach and beets and nuts and sweet potatoes. And they can cause things like kidney stones. They can cause things like the the pain that comes along with fibromyalgia and the fatigue that comes along with fibromyalgia. It's not necessarily going to be every fibromyalgia case is a high oxalate case, but an overwhelming number of them are. So that was a huge part of my own story and a big part of what functional genetics and functional nutrition really revealed to me um, kind of threw in my face <laughs> and made it impossible to, to ignore. But, um, you know, I definitely took a lot of dietary missteps on my journey until I got some good answers and figured that out. So kind of broadly without testing, maybe evaluate, are you eating an awful lot of nuts and green leafy vegetables, which have a lot of benefits. I'm not saying never eat them, but for some people, it could potentially be driving some of that pain. Wow. Some good, good pro tips there. Um, second question, I guess, third question, technically, what is your favorite book and why? So, I mean, my favorite book is technically a nerd book. Let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. So it is Toxic by Dr. Neil Nathan, who is one of my research colleagues. But this is just a fantastic book for, you know, people like myself who are really struggling with these kind of hidden illnesses. So for so many people like myself, it's kind of like being seen and heard for the first time, as well as being empowered with tools and answers. So that that is one of my most well-worn, well-loved books. Um, 
But outside of that, my non-nerd book is The Story of Bee by Daniel Quinn. Paleo, keto, vegan, and carnivore. Maybe you've tried them all, but did you have success? Are you still doing that diet? Turns out there's not just one diet right for one particular person. By understanding how your body works and the relationship behind your body's workings and these diets, you can then approach the perfect plan for you. In the Perfect Human Diet course, we talk to you about your body's inner workings and the pros and cons of each plan. We discuss how our ancestors ate and have eaten and lay a framework to tailoring a plan that is perfect for you. To learn more about the Perfect Human Diet course, head to MaximalBeing.com slash courses to find out more. And as always, I'm Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your health. You cannot supplement your way to health, but there are things that we need to add to our lives that can maximize our pathway to wellness. The American diet is virtually devoid of omega-3 fatty acids, which play a major role in cardiovascular disease, gut permeability, and mental health. Personally, I take omega-3s every night and iHerb is the best place for clean, natural sources of supplements. I love the ZenWise Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement, which is free of fish burps and good for the environment. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com iHerb, that's I-H-E-R-B, and enter the code B as in boy, D as in dog, B as in boy, 5528 and receive 10% off your orders for all supplements. Maximize your supplements with iHerb. Now, this this question we ask everyone, but I feel like you might have a a, a, a interesting answer uh, just because of what you do. Um, what is the craziest diet you've heard of or been on? Okay, well, heard of. That's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I mean, listen, we... It, you could give us both. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so the the craziest diet I have been on, I have to say, craziest for me, and that has to be in hindsight, knowing what I know now. For me, being vegetarian was crazy wrong. <laughs> it was my attempt to regain my health because I felt so poorly. So I stopped eating meat and started e- eating tons of really high oxalate vegetables and nuts. And I felt worse and worse and worse. My college (laughs) had a wonderful vegetarian and vegan cafe on campus as part of the meal plan. So I was able to eat things like spinach and beets, both of which are super high oxalate, three meals a day, seven days a week. Oh boy. And this rheumatologist was right. I really am going to be disabled by 30. Oh, wow. And then I got out of college and I was poor. So I was not eating all these fresh fruits and vegetables. And I started feeling better. And I was like, yeah, I'm finally getting, getting a handle on this. And I was just eating less produce um, and reducing my oxalates as a result. So for me, the vegetarian diet was and the way that I was doing it was absolutely, totally wrong for me. There are people that it's hugely beneficial for. So this is where we've got to think about that biochemical individuality. What's right for me may be wrong for you and vice versa. So I get a little hesitant about judging other people's diets because 
there are people in the high oxalate community who do really well on a carnivore diet. I got to say, this one's a little bit crazy. Like it, it kind of is what it sounds like. No vegetables, you know, heavy, heavy meat. And for some people, it does really well in the short term. But all of these extreme diets, we want to think about as a way to affect change. And then once we get that desired change, we should think about normalizing the diets. You know, at their heart, I think the most crazy diets are the ones that exclude almost everything, especially the generally healthy foods. Um, our goal shouldn't be to always restrict everything. It should be to be as inclusive as we safely can be, to eat good quality, clean, whole foods um, and from diverse food groups. We shouldn't demonize carbs or fats or proteins. They're all important macronutrients. We should try to find the balance that's right for us and our bodies. And that balance may not be the same one year to the next, depending on other factors going on with our health. You know, Emily, I think I'm on to you. Um, you know, you before we started, uh, folks that are listening, Emily said, "Hey, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not terribly familiar with your podcast, but it's as if she has been listening to us since we started." Um, I mean, church. I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir. We agree 100, percent right? Crazy is also a relative term. Nerd is also a relative term, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to also emphasize how easily the uh, how your point of view could have turned into a terrible eating habit where when you got out of college and you stopped eating vegetables and you started feeling better, you could have easily been like, you know what? Vegetables suck. And everyone that's trying to push this veggie agenda on the world <laughs> is, there's, you know, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> you know, so sometimes, right, we have to back up right and as doc mock preaches all the time right look at the science and look at the facts right what what we see and what we feel is one thing but also have to understand why we feel that way um i did have another question but oh actually i, I do remember it i lied uh so you said uh you know you called yourself a nutritional detective right which i think is a really cool name uh what can you share right without you know breaking privacy and HIPAA fraud. Like, can you tell us about a case that was just like unusual, right? Like something that was just like either really weird or something that was like overly simple, you know, like just, you know, a fun anecdote for the folks. So I have actually a couple that kind of overlap. So pattern recognition, especially working with genetics is definitely one of my strong suits as a practitioner. And I've been seeing this pattern over the past year and a half, almost two years now, of a lot of people who didn't have significant allergy or histamine type issues starting to develop increased food sensitivities, a lot of reactivities, headaches, sinus issues, skin rashes, like histamine type of, of stuff. And when we looked at the foods that they were eating, the reactions were more in high histamine diets, but these were not necessarily people who had underlying genetic issues or pre-existing issues with histamine. The common factor was that they were over supplementing with zinc in an effort to 
stay healthy and not get COVID. And they were not using enough copper along uh-huh. with it. Zinc and copper for any non-nerds out there are antagonistic to one another and they'll compete for absorption in the gut. So if you take big doses of zinc for a long time, you really reduce your copper. And there's an enzyme in the gastrointestinal tract called DAO, which degrades dietary histamine and it's a copper containing protein. So if you don't have enough copper, you can't make enough DAO. So for these people who were all of a sudden presenting with Um, all of these weird food sensitivities and skin and sinus issues or headaches and dizziness. Um, For a lot of them, it was just too much zinc without enough copper. Um, So yeah. And, and copper is also detective work there. Yeah. And, and I don't know if all your patients were super pale with gray hair, but copper deficiency also interfere, you know, interferes with your ability to produce melanin, right? The pigments that, Mm -hmm make our hair a certain color, make our skin a certain color. Absolutely. I think we're, yeah, it, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you, Ms. Givler. I mean, you are such an accomplished provider. I have learned so much from you. Jackie P has learned so much from you. I mean, thank you for taking the time to speak with us and our listeners. For all of you out there that have not done so already, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment. And if you have any questions for any of our guests or us, you can email us at team at maximalbeing.com. I'm going to circle back to you, Emily. Just let it let our um, listeners know where they can find you. Sure. For anyone who's interested in learning more about my mentorship platform, you're welcome to join us at beyondprotocols.org. And my clinical work is through Tree of Life. And our website is tolhealth.com. Boom. Emily, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to go cut down my plastic intake immediately. I'm going to report <laughs> back to you, okay? All right. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Everyone, take up, take her up on it. Listen, we got to do better. We got to cut down these plastics. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out there and march in the streets and protest. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm Jackie P. I am your layman here with Doc Mock, the co-hosts with Emosis. We've been talking to Emily Givler and uh, we're here to maximize your being. Good night, everyone. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here. If you haven't done so already, leave us a comment and hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and family know. That way we can get the word out and continue to bash the bro science.